When I look at a particular text of scripture that I'm going to preach on, especially this year as we have been doing this reading through the New Testament, and so there's five chapters coming ahead this next week. When I look at that, I I specifically try to look at a word or a phrase that, that stands out. And so as I looked at the two verses in, um, as I looked at Romans 12 today, in those, specifically those two verses, the word that stood out for me is sacrifice, or the phrase, a living sacrifice. And by definition, the word sacrifice can mean giving up something for something else or someone else. And with that in mind, here are perhaps a few examples of sacrifice. On this weekend, when we think of the 4th of July and we think of our country and the freedoms that we enjoy, we we think of the sacrifices that there have been made in order for us to have those freedoms. Some of you have served in the military and you you know firsthand those sacrifices. Some of us are simply just thankful for the sacrifices that have been made. You know, it doesn't matter what the relationship is, but in any kind of relationship, we know that maybe there are times when certain sacrifices, accommodations, adjustments need to be made. I love this picture. He's either sharing it and going to take it back, (laughs) or maybe sacrificing the whole apple so that she can enjoy it. In baseball, there is something that's called a sacrifice fly, which is when a batter hits a ball to the outfield and the runner scores a run. There's all kinds of examples that we can point to as far as what sacrifice means in life. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we can't ignore the ultimate sacrifice that has been made for us in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As we turn today to Romans chapter 12, there is another meaning to the word sacrifice that I think specifically is highlighted here, and that is sacrifice can be the act of offering something to God. The act of offering something to God. And it's with that in mind that the Apostle Paul says to us, in Romans 12, these first two verses, that we are to offer our life as a living sacrifice. And so let's unpack a little bit this morning. What does it mean to offer our lives as a living sacrifice? And I think all of that begins with a conscious action. It's a choice. It's a decision that we make. And I say that because it's important to remember that the Apostle Paul is writing here to people who are Jesus' followers. He's writing to Christians. His words are addressed to people who have already received the gift of salvation, people who confess their faith in Jesus Christ. Paul is writing to people like you and me who are believers in Christ, and as a follower of Jesus, Paul is urging us, pleading with us, begging us that we would offer our lives as a living sacrifice to God. 
It starts by a conscious action, a decision, a choice that we make in life each day. For instance, you choose whether you're going to read God's Word each day or not. You choose whether you're going to worship regularly or not. You choose whether you are going to appeal to God's Spirit to help you with whatever it is, that temptation that you keep fighting in life, or not. You can choose if you're going to give priority to Jesus in how you live and the actions of your life or not. You and I make choices as the people of God every single day of our life. We make choices about the position and the placement and the priority of Jesus in our life. The first step towards offering our lives as a living sacrifice is a conscious action, a choice, a decision that we make as the people of God. But then Paul goes on to say that the substance or the essence of what we are offering as a living sacrifice is our bodies. To fully maybe appreciate what Paul is saying here, maybe we need to remember the sacrifices that were offered in the Old Testament. Maybe you remember in the Old Testament, the people of God brought to God as a sacrifice a bull or a sheep or a goat or a pigeon or a dove. They gave it to the priest and the priest would kill the animal. Some of the blood would be sprinkled on the altar. The animal would be placed on the altar and fire would consume the animal and it would go up to God as a sacrificial offering. And more often than not, that kind of offering was given as an atonement for the sins of God's people. But today, you and I know that that kind of sacrificial offering isn't needed anymore. Why? Because Jesus is the offering. He sacrificed his blood. He poured out his blood. The cross was the altar. Jesus atoned for our sins. And so making a sacrificial offering like what was done in the Old Testament is not needed today. But today we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. The idea is that because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because we are people who are forgiven, because we are people who have been washed in the blood of Christ, because we are people who bear the name of Jesus through the waters of our baptism, our whole life now is to be a living sacrifice offered to God. And in doing that, the nature of the sacrifice that we are offered offering is considered a holy one. It's because of what Jesus has done that we read later in the New Testament, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Holy, the word holy means set apart, reserved, set aside for this purpose. That's why Paul writes elsewhere in the New Testament, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he also says that you're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. To offer our life, to offer our whole 
being, our whole body as a living sacrifice, means that we have set ourselves apart because of Christ, offered to him. And because of that, then the purpose of being a living sacrifice in our life is an act of worship for us. I'm sure that you know that worship was never intended to be occasional or ritualistic. Worship was never intended to be reserved to to one hour on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning. Worship isn't just to be reserved for the words that we speak or the songs that we sing in a setting like this. But literally, every single thing we do in life as the people of God is an act of worship. The life you live, the words you speak, the decisions that you make, the way you use your time, how we treat other people, all of that is a part of our life of worship. And having said that, I'm not going to minimize or diminish at all what we do together in this setting that we call worship here. God wants us to be together in worship. But also what we do in life, what we say in life, how we live each day in life is a part of our act of worship. And the result of worship, the result of being a living sacrifice, is ultimately a transformed life. Paul says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. That verse in the J.B. Phillips paraphrase of the Bible reads, Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Because you and I know that can happen very easily in life. Can't it? I remember seeing a video not too long ago where the presenter on the video Acknowledge the number of hours that we have available to us every week, 168 hours. Now, if you take 168 hours and consider the number of hours that Christians spend doing something related to our faith, worship or Bible study or personal devotion or prayer or anything that strengthens our faith or is an expression of our faith, and you compare those hours to the hours that most people spend online or in social media or with electronics, the comparison is staggering. No wonder it is so easy to be conformed to this world. And being transformed doesn't just happen. Paul says it happens by the renewing of your mind. Well, how does our mind get renewed? Our mind is renewed as we experience God's Word. Two things I want to say about that. One is that it has been kind of amazing to me the number of times that I have received an email 
since the beginning of the year or the number of times that somebody has stopped me after church and talked about how the reading that you are doing in the New Testament this year has been so meaningful. The things that that God's Word has said to you, that's been encouraging to see. And, And it's in reading God's Word that the Spirit of God does renew our mind and transforms our lives. But the other thing I want to say about that is to make mention of the theme of VBS just this last week. The theme of Vacation Bible School was Kingdom Keepers based upon Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 18. I'll tell you, the number of times that I read those verses this week just reinforced for me that to put on the armor of God is something that is important for you and I to do again and again and again in our life. Because you and I fight spiritual battles every day. And it's only God's word that transforms our life. And as we're being transformed, to become more and more like Jesus, then we come to more fully know God's will for our life. And I suspect that just about every one of us at some point in life, or maybe more often, more than once, has said, God, what do you want me to do in life? God, what's your direction for me? How do you want me to, where do you want me to go in life? Well, you and I can't expect an answer to that if we aren't reading God's Word, if we aren't participating in worship, if we aren't letting our minds be renewed through the Word of God. If we aren't doing any of that, how can we ever expect to know God's will in our life? You see, I think the bottom line in what the Apostle Paul is saying to us here in Romans chapter 12, is that he's urging us, pleading with us, that we would make a conscious choice to offer our bodies, to live our lives for Jesus Christ every day. And I don't know if the question has come to your mind or not, but as you hear that, I think the natural question for us is, why? Why would we do that? And I think the Apostle Paul gives us a very clear answer to that question. It's all because of God's mercies that we have received in life. Actually, Paul says it this way. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, he's saying that everything that we've talked about up to this point flows out of the mercy that God has for you. God's gift of forgiveness. God's unconditional love for you in Jesus. The promise of eternal life in heaven. The assurance that you have that God is with you always. The truth that as far as the east is from the west, so far has Jesus removed your sins from you. The Word of God that says His mercies are new every day. All of that and more are a part of the mercies that you and I have, that you and I receive, 
that you and I embrace in our life with Jesus Christ. And so offering our bodies, offering our life as a living sacrifice is literally something that we do in response to what God has done and given to us. We do it out of thanksgiving. But having said that, I would like to encourage you to consider one other thing in terms of God's mercy in your life. In addition to the forgiveness of sins that Jesus has won for you, in addition to the promise of God's unconditional love for you, in addition to the fact that Jesus' death and resurrection has secured for you eternal life, what are some of the specific gifts that God has given to you? What are some of the specific mercies that God has shown you in your life? In other words, as you reflect upon your own life, what pit has God pulled you out of at some point in life? Or who is it that God has put into your life at just the right time or just the right place to extend further His goodness to you? How many times has God given to you a second chance, or a third chance, or a fourth chance, or more than that in your life? You see, in addition to all the mercies that are extended to you in Jesus Christ, what are some of the other specific ways that God has touched your life and shown you his goodness and shown you personally his love for you? Because whatever they are, they are an important part of why you and I respond to the mercy of God with thanksgiving. Why we offer our lives as living sacrifices. And what all that really means for us is, Lord, because you have done everything that you have done for me, I want to live my life for you. Offering my life as a living sacrifice in response to Jesus. That's God's call on our life. In Jesus' name, amen.